The Miami Dolphins are poised for their next big hurdle of the 2023 season. They will face the Chiefs on Sunday morning. A little bit of everything previewing this game, some predictions, who will play, what are some of the key outcomes, and a final score prediction here today on Locked on Dolphins. You are Locked on Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Miami, welcome to another episode of Locked On Dolphins. It's your team every day here on the Locked On Network. I'm your host, Cal Krabs, a lifelong Miami Dolphins fan, host of Locked On Dolphins, co-host of Locked On NFL Scout. You can find our shows on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Tip of the cap to our everydayers who tune in on a daily basis because it is your team every day. We don't just say it, we live it here on the Locked On Network. Today's episode of Locked On Dolphins is brought to you by Prize Picks. The easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL. Use code in all lowercase locked on NFL for a first deposit match of up to $100. We need to make some predictions as it pertains to week nine of the Miami Dolphins 2023 NFL season. Uh, the Dolphins will be playing the Kansas City Chiefs in Frankfurt, Germany. Uh, big matchup. This is the third quote-unquote big game of the Dolphins season this year. They're all big games. They all count for one seventeenth of the schedule, but it hits different when it's a team that played in the Super Bowl last year, which the Dolphins played on Sunday Night Football in Week 7, and then they were playing again in Week 9. And Kansas City Chiefs, the defending Super Bowl champions uh, in a neutral site game international series spotlight only show in town. And... um this is the next step for what we've heard Mike McDaniel and some of these Dolphins players talk about throughout the course of the season, getting your experience in these big game situations and learning what you need to learn about yourself and how you approach the game and the execution of it to be able to put your best foot forward in the postseason. So obviously, as a neutral site game, it's pretty exciting. But then you look at the leverage that's at stake here. There are four six and two teams in the AFC. The Dolphins are among them. So are the Chiefs. A head-to-head win against Kansas City speaks for itself, especially when you consider what games are next on the schedule for Miami coming out of the bye. They get a chance to get another week and get some guys healthy. Uh, then you got the Raiders, you got the Jets, you got the Commanders. Could be a, a big feather in Miami's cap, and obviously set the tone for the second half. Of the season, we're here to make some predictions about this football game. And the first thing I want to do is I want to predict the starting offensive line. There's been a lot of attention paid to the offensive line, and rightfully so. The Miami Dolphins have been banged up there. Uh, we did hear from Mike McDaniel on Friday morning. They will continue to be banged up there. Rob Huntsman ruled out with the hamstring issue uh, that he incurred against the New England Patriots in Week Eight, which is a bummer because I think that's uh, that's the guy you're going to be down. But I think you get two guys back. So my prediction for the starting offensive line is Teron Armstead at left tackle. I do think he will get activated in time to play in this football game. Uh, the Mike McDaniel phrasing in the Friday press conference, uh, very optimistic. He said, we still got to see how Friday goes, of course, go through that process. But they seem very optimistic. And Mike sometimes will tell you stuff without telling you stuff. Uh, and in the same way, Connor Williams, I think you get both of those guys back. So I think left to right, Teron Armstead, Rob Jones, Connor Williams, Lester Cotton, Austin Jackson will be your starting five up front for Miami in this game. Uh, getting Teron and getting Connor is huge 
for the execution of this pass uh, passing game and running game against Kansas City with their defensive line that has some impressive talent on it that the Dolphins are going to have to accommodate for. But just listening to Mike talk on Friday about both those guys, you know, he he said that uh, the extra week for for Connor uh, was very helpful. He said earlier in the week that that he was optimistic for his outlook to play. He hasn't said that in past weeks. And for him to come out and they say they're very optimistic about Teron Armstead and his outlook of getting activated sooner rather than later, that verbiage hasn't been there for some guys. If if Mike is not anticipating you having a high likelihood of playing, he kind of passes the buck, right? He, he um, doesn't want to put the timeline on it to be unfair to the players, as he's alluded to. But on both of these cases, they are they have certainly hinted at getting both of them back. I think they will get both of them back. Now, what that does for you up front offensively, um, I think that gives you as good of a chance as you could have minus Isaiah Wynn and Robert Hunt, your two starting guards who will be out of this game, um, to block up front against Derek Nottie and Tershawn Wharton and Chris Jones and George Karlaftis and Charles Amenahue and Mike Dana. Uh, a really good front for Kansas City. Now, what I, I think I'm mindful of with Kansas City and how I think they're a little different than Philadelphia Philadelphia has these quick twitch edge guys uh, in Josh Sweat, Hassan Reddick, uh, Brandon Graham, maybe not not so much anymore as a longer in the tooth player. But I'm looking at what went wrong against Philadelphia, and I'm trying to draw the parallel to what Kansas City has to offer. And the good news is Miami dealt with a player who was as disruptive as I think Chris Jones can be and Jalen Carter. Uh, they, they dealt with that already. They've got experience with a player of that level of disruptiveness, but you did have Connor for that game. And if you get Connor back for this game, I think that certainly helps with the communication and the timing. And if the timing of the offense is crisp, that can help negate some of those disruptive plays with his quick twitch and his ability to collapse the pocket. Now you do have two heavy anchor guys in there at guard. So if you can play with bumpers around Chris Jones, I do think you have guys who can hold their own where you think about Liam Eikenberg, as not being the most stout anchor guy inside. I think you've got a better chance uh, to drop anchor with Connor as a help player and the communication and being able to leave Teron Armstead on an island at a high level of frequency if you wanted to, whether he's going against Dana or Karloftis or if he's going against Amenahue. Teron, assuming he's healthy and fit to play and plays, puts you in a position where you can add the numbers and have the help you need against Chris Jones, which they did not have against Philadelphia between Jordan Davis and Jalen Carter and Milton Williams and Josh Sweat and Hassan Reddick. I just think Philly's got more waves that they could come at you with, and they're more explosive players, which allows you to disrupt more consistently. I think Kansas City's a little bit more of a power front. I think they're a little bit more stout. They're a little bit more heavy-handed. They can collapse the pot. They can win quickly, but they are also very much a compress and squeeze type of front. And I think Miami with heavy hand or heavy anchored guys at guard. And if you get to Ron back where you could change the numbers on the inside and get two on ones, I think it positions you better to avoid some of the disruptiveness that, that Tua Tungvaloa had to work with. And we came out of the Eagles game on post game when we did the film study, we talked about how, I had an appreciation for, yeah, the timing was all jacked up in Philly. But I still felt like the execution at the quarterback position in spite of that was admirable. And it was something that 
rookie year and second year to it would have folded like origami on. He didn't do that. So I think you'll see more offensive output. I think you'll see at least 350 yards of offense against Kansas City. I don't know that you're going to see 450, 500 yards, uh, but you won't see 224 like you saw against Philadelphia either. Because up front, I think as long as the guys are back, that they are teasing are going to be back, I think it puts you in a position to better execute from a timing perspective to negate and get the ball out on time without adjustments for bad snaps or late snaps and be a little bit more efficient offensively and not be a half tick off. So I'm predicting 350 plus yards of offense. I'm also predicting more than 24 points offensively for Miami in this game. And Kansas City, uh, from a scoring defense perspective, is one of the best in the league. I don't think you're going to score 35 on the Chiefs unless you get help from special teams and defense. But I do think they get more than 24 in this game. And remember that number because that'll be uh, a big number to come back to when we get to uh, the big picture outlook for the game, the final score prediction, and then we zoom out and look at the 30,000-foot view of the NFL in Week 9 with a number of big matchups across the league that are high-leverage situations uh, for the Miami Dolphins as they look to continue their progress this season towards uh, another postseason berth at the end of the year. We are going to talk about the defensive side of the ball next, however, so stick with us here on Lockdown Dolphins. Prize Picks is the largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America, and they are also the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports because it's you versus the numbers. Instead of battling against thousands of other players, including pros and sharks, you pick more or less on two to six player stat projections. And if you hit them all correctly, you can watch your winnings roll in. I'm a big fan of picking stat projections for NFL games and NFL players, but they have a bevy of sports and athletes and stats for you to choose from. You can sew it together however you would like to. You can make Easy selections from your phone in 60 seconds or less. And if you test your skills correctly, you could turn $10 into as much as $250 with six correct player stat more or less selections in the same submission on Prize Picks. Prize Picks offers quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, and an enormous selection of players and weekly promotions that include big payouts like Taco Tuesday, where on Tuesdays, prize picks discounts select player projections up to an additional 25% to provide additional value. You can visit prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use code locked on NFL for a first deposit match of up to $100. That is prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use code locked on NFL for a first deposit match of up to $100. Defensively against the Chiefs. Um, I think the the first the first prediction that I have is I don't know that I want to predict Jalen Ramsey to travel at a high rate of frequency. I'm curious if coming into this game, the Dolphins don't say, well, we have Xavier Howard back, presumably. I think he plays. You have Javon Holland back. You get Jalen Ramsey now in his second game. If you don't try to change the math in the middle of the field instead of changing personnel assignments. Now, the good news is if it's Eli Apple or Cater Kohu, the Dolphins have a number of players that have had experience this season playing on the perimeter and inside. So if you want to do the matchups thing, 
If you want to try to play more man heavy against Kansas City than you have all season, and you want to, you know, say we're going to take Jalen Ramsey, our best cover player, and put him on Travis Kelsey, you can do that. I don't think that they will, or at least not in anything more than some potential third down high leverage situations. I think at the end of the day, you got two corners that are big, big time ball hawks on the outside. You want that experience on the outside. You want to say, look, our guys on the perimeter, we, we're going to trust to leave one-on-one. We're going to try to funnel everything into the middle of the field. And because we have nine bodies that we trust, we're going to put a lot of bodies in the middle of the field to try to bracket Travis Kelsey with leverage against the interior guys. Now, that has not necessarily yielded a ton of success against Miami thus far, but I do wonder if with Jalen Ramsey and Xavier Howard, the amount of support that you can give your linebackers and not rely on the safeties to be in such a conflict position will help. And what I mean by conflict position is if I'm the backside safety away from the formational strength, I really got to honor in-breaking routes from that backside receiver. But if I trust Jalen Ramsey or Xavier Howard to plaster that guy, then all of a sudden I'm two steps further in towards anything coming across the middle to the formational strength. And instead of being a half tick late, I can maybe buzz down in there and get my nose into the catch point or potentially jump a throw if they're going to run cross or special or basic route, like any anything that would break inside. So Miami hasn't had a lot of success with the linebackers in part because they don't have the vertical support because they've been playing without their best players on the perimeter. I think that's the domino effect you'll probably see in basic situations. Now, though, if they get into third and 15, yeah, I think you'll see Jalen Ramsey kind of move around. They're going to play man coverage, and they're going to pressure, and they're going to try to get home. I think they they sack Patrick Mahomes uh, a healthy amount of times. So you can put me down for four-plus sacks for the Dolphins' defense against Kansas City. That's a bold prediction. Uh, I think the tackles with Jawan Taylor, with Donovan Smith, that's not a good matchup. And I think the guys on the inside and Trey Smith, Trey Smith's been a little bit up and down in protection. They got Tooney and you got Creed Humphrey. They're stud players. They're among the best three at their respective positions in the NFL. Trey Smith is an absolute mauler in the run game. I'm curious, you know, how patient is Kansas City going to be to come out and run the football? But even if they're relying on that interior trio, you know, Jawan Taylor and Donovan Smith, I think you can still have edge guys that can win one-on-one matchups. And you've seen them, the Dolphins do this quite frequently, where they are taking that defensive end, whether it's Bradley Chubb or Jalen Phillips, and they are crashing them hard down across the face of the tackle. And they're trying to steal the B-gap that way. And then that player is either winning and then uncovering or still has the athleticism to play off and get with if the back is going to bounce the run. And I've been really impressed with that play from the Dolphins' defensive ends in Chubb and Phillips, uh, specifically last week against New England, against another physical offensive line. So... I really do think uh, Miami doesn't have like a winning matchup on the interior, but the entire front being what it is, again, like the pass coverage perspective, when you're looking at the wide receivers, I think Miami, again, can somewhat mitigate what Kansas City does really well, a la 
Kelsey in the passing game, a la uh, the interior offensive line being as good as it is because of the math around it with the players that you have. I just think Miami's defensive units, now that they're presumably healthy, presuming that you have Javon Holland and Xavier Howard, and, and there's no reason to think that you wouldn't have Javon Holland. It's really just Xavier Howard back or not. And presuming that you have everybody at 100% against this offensive line for Kansas City, I do think Miami's group is more complete. Now, they haven't put the picture all the way together yet, but that's part of playing without so many pieces that they have played without. And next week, one of the things that we're going to do is we're going to look at the cornerstones that we identified in the preseason. I'm going to talk about how many cornerstones the Dolphins have been without each game that they've played thus far this season, because it's a pretty significant number. And the fact that they are 6-2 and two with a chance to put an exclamation point on the first half of the season against Kansas City in spite of that is really exciting stuff for what this team can do if they continue to get healthy, they take care of business the way they're supposed to against certain teams, and they find a way to have some success, be it at home or in a neutral site game against Kansas City against some of the heavier hitting opponents that they have left on the schedule. So you put me down for four sacks. Uh, I think Miami can get after Taylor and Donovan Smith a little bit and Pat is somebody who wants to make big plays happen. Now, he's going to get his. At the end of the day, he ultimately will. Uh, but my predictions uh, defensively is I think you're going to hold the Chiefs to less than 100 yards rushing as a team, and if they get it, it's going to be a, on a large part because of Patrick Mahomes. And then I also think you are going to tag Pat for more than four sacks. What does that mean for the game? What does that mean for the score? That's next here on this episode of Locked on Dolphins, so stick with us. Uh, so I'm going to have to thread the needle here on Sunday pretty carefully uh, because the Dolphins kick off at 9.30, and then there's a whole slew of games at 1 o'clock. Now, we'll do a post-game show, but one thing I don't do is work well on an empty stomach, which is why it's, I'm glad that DoorDash is going to be at my disposal so I can make sure I order the perfect lunch. I'll probably order it around the end of halftime of Dolphins Chiefs. Uh, I've got a couple restaurants up my way that I'm a really big fan of. Uh, Green Turtle's got some really good sandwiches. Uh, there's a new Italian place that I, I saw is just getting put on that I'm excited to try. Uh, if I'm in the mood for a, uh, Mexican food, they have uh, El Tolteca that I'm a big fan of. Everybody who listens to Locked On NFL Scouting knows I'm a big fan of Mole Poblano. So, DoorDash has me covered on game day, and they can also have you covered on game day. Whether you are prepping for a tailgate, whether you want your own post-game victory meal, whether you want to make sure that you got the family set up so that you can be in front of the TV and watch the games as it all unfolds, DoorDash has all of your favorite groceries, restaurants, retail, and more at your fingertips on the app so you can shop everything you need to be game day ready. You can also get 50% off up to a $10 value when you spend $15 or more on your first order when you download the DoorDash app and enter code LOCKED23. That is 50% off up to a $10 value when you spend $15 or more on your first order when you download the DoorDash app and enter code LOCKED23. Subject to change and terms do apply. Prediction time. And then we'll talk big picture. Um. I'm picking the Dolphins to win with the transparency of when the schedule came out at the beginning of the season, or I guess in May. And then we did the final schedule prediction at the end of the preseason. 
This was a game that was predicted as a loss for the Dolphins. So don't be surprised if the Dolphins don't win the game. Mike McDaniel's got great perspective. He was asked on Friday about it. He said, look, there's going to be one or two narratives about the Dolphins coming out of the game on Sunday. If we beat the Chiefs, we're going to win the Super Bowl. If we lose the game and we lose to the Chiefs, we can't beat good teams. At the end of the day, and Pete Carroll had something very similar in talking about their matchup with Baltimore this week. It's about getting yourself ready to play your best football late. This is a great opportunity for the Dolphins to apply some of the lessons that they've learned, come through in big moments, play a big-time opponent, and potentially win a football game to plant your flag in the ground. But no matter what, everything that we want for this Dolphins team is still on the table. Keep that perspective in mind. But I am going to pick the – I'm going to lean into uh, the Dolphins losing to the Bills, and I'm going to lean into the Dolphins losing to the Eagles and say, hey, there was improvement from the first time to the second time. There were some adverse situations. The personnel is different. I think Kansas City is a team that obviously they lost 24 to 9 to the Broncos last week. They're going to be smarting from that. They're going to be trying to bounce back from five turnovers offensively. They haven't rushed for 100 yards since week four against the Jets when they rushed for 204. But I take all that and I still think this is a prime opportunity for the Dolphins to do some things differently that they haven't done. And that can be the difference both offensively and defensively from the offensive line personnel to the secondary personnel and how that math changes everything that you do defensively. Uh, the Chiefs this season, just to kind of overview the points scored that they have posted this year, they scored 20 against Detroit. They scored 17 against Jacksonville. They scored 41 against Chicago. They scored 23 against the Jets. They scored 27 against the Vikings. They scored 19 against the Broncos. They scored 31 against the Chargers. They scored nine against the Broncos the second time that they played. They're averaging 23.4 points per game. That's 12th in the NFL. You can put me down for 20. Give me Dolphins 27-20 in this football game. I think the Tyreek Hill element, you could talk about how Pat Mahomes and the Chiefs are getting all ramped up to play the game and uh, the, the bulletin board material for Tyreek. Oh, that's, that's fine and dandy. I think the Dolphins have a couple needle movers. They they get a needle mover offensively in Tyreek Hill. Now they get a needle mover defensively in Jalen Phil or Jalen Ramsey, who have their their let's be honest, they've been there, done that kinds of players. They've won championships. And having their presence within the this game of this magnitude and having both of them is something I'm willing to put on my locked on Dolphins host hat and say I'm a lifelong Miami Dolphins fan, and I'm going to choose to believe that they can win the game. Now, at the end of the day. My schedule prediction in August, or I guess it was like September 1st, was the Dolphins would be 5-4 and four at the bye, and they would lose to the Chargers, the Chiefs, the Eagles, and the Bills. You're going to be ahead of schedule either way. But man, oh man, is this a pristine opportunity. And Detroit, Jacksonville, New York, Denver, Denver, those are games on this schedule where the, the Chiefs didn't score 24 points. I think Miami can hold them to 20. Get a couple kicks, get a couple turnovers, sack them four times, force the new one-dimensional with a lack of running game. If you do all that, which I think they have the personnel to do and to execute, so long as the game script does not get disastrous on you on the front end, that's, that's the guess. And that's all it is, is a guess, and that's fine. But when you look at the league and you zoom out, 
And you understand that this is really just one of a number of big-time matchups. Pittsburgh won last night against uh, the Tennessee Titans. It dropped the Titans to 3-5, and five, and it moved Pittsburgh to 5-3. and three. Pittsburgh's halfway to a double-digit win season, right? You have the Jets playing the Chargers, a 4-3 and three team versus a 3-4 and four team. I think the Chargers are, are possibly in position to make a little bit of a run, but the Jets should not be overlooked. This is a game that I do think the New York Jets are capable of winning. They're at home. It's Monday Night Football. Uh, but either way, that is a team that is aspiring for playoff positioning that is going to lose a football game. The Buffalo Bills are in Cincinnati to play the Bengals on Sunday Night Football. We all saw what the playoff game looked like last year. I think if it was in Buffalo, I'd feel better about Buffalo kind of building off of their win uh, the this past week with a little bit of extra rest against the Tampa Bay Bucks. But it's in Cincinnati, and the Bengals are hot. They whooped the 49ers last week. And I understand Trent Williams didn't play. I understand Debo Samuel didn't play. Brock Purdy didn't look good. All that being said, I think Cincinnati with Jamar Chase there's just an element of mismatch there that Buffalo being down Trey white. Now they don't have Matt Milano in the middle of the field. They don't have Daquan Jones to push the pocket inside as a pass rusher. Von Miller's not all the way back, even though he's back on the roster. The bills are potentially, you're, you're potentially looking at the bills losing to the Bengals and you're potentially looking at the jets losing to the chargers. Now new England plays the commanders, but the dolphins are a full five games up on new England at this stage like four games in the standings, and they swept them. So you can go ahead and put the Pats to bed. They ain't coming back from that. You don't go worry about the Pats anymore. So what a world you could live in where the Dolphins beat the Chiefs, the Bengals beat the Bills, and the Chargers beat the Jets. You would go into your bye with two-game lead in the loss column over both the Jets and the Bills. And you would be the only team in the division with a winning record in the division. But even if you lose... The worst that you could do is be tied with the Bills with a loss in a head-to-head situation, and you'd be a half a game in front of the Jets going into your bye week. The rest of the league, Baltimore is home against Seattle. It's a big game. It's about the only other big game that you have from an AFC conference standpoint. You also have the uh, Raiders, who is going to be your next opponent. They're at home against the Giants. They'll probably get the fired head coach bump and play well against New York. I actually kind of expect them to win that game. Uh, and then the Raiders are at home against the Jets the following week when you were on the bye. We'll talk about week 10 down the road. But that's where we are at. You've got four big-time AFC matchups, Baltimore against the Seahawks, hosting a 5-2 and two football team, the Jets hosting the Chargers on Monday Night Football, the Bills visiting the Bengals on Sunday night football and Miami's own kickoff and the Dolphins get a chance to set the tone early if they are able to win the game against the Chiefs in Germany. Final score prediction here on Locked on Dolphins is 27-20 Dolphins. We'll see what happens. Keep it locked in right here on Locked on Dolphins. It is your team every day. I'll be back in the post game after week nine performance in Germany. Here's to a Dolphins win. Enjoy the rest of your week and I will talk to you all again on Sunday. Fins up. Thank you.